Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boys, Just Servants. Just Servants. It's your boys. Yeah, you know what that means. Levi, what is Just Servants? What is Just Servants? Just Servants is what we are, or what we are at least supposed to be. We're here to serve. We're here to serve the Lord and to serve others. Now that is an amazing, amazing definition of what we do here. Levi, we are here today with a very special guest. We very, mentioned them very earlier. Very special guest. And we, we're currently on Thanksgiving break. So we're back home. We just had Thanksgiving a few days ago. Something like that. Four, three. I don't know. But I just had Thanksgiving at my grandma's today. It's Sunday. So good. So good. Yeah, they, they had Thanksgiving late. But so good. We're here in the conference room of our church. Yeah, we are. With a new of mic. Our church. Back. Oh, sorry for hitting. We're back in the in the the midway midway trayway trayway, and who are we with, Ryan? We are with none other than the, the go ahead one <laughs> and only Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian, our youth pastor, at least my youth pastor from from whenever I he was my, my youth pastor for a little bit <laughs> my, my whole time. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. he was my youth pastor for like. A few years. <laughs> What's that? Six through twelve. For six you, through twelve. Six through yeah. twelve. Long time. Long that's, time. That's a lot of years. For me, it was more of like eleven Two and a half. <laughs> eleven to twelve. I mean, but yeah. Welcome, yeah. Pastor Brian. Thank you very much. It's uh, good to see the inside of what goes on. The unjust servants. Very highly established and studioific. Man, this is so professional. Very. So professional. <laughs> I mean. Y'all, y'all don't realize this, but we're in a new studio now. Like, ever since we've had... These past three weeks, we've been in a new yeah, studio, each one. <laughs> each one. We've been in a new studio, new mics, new conditions, but we're still trying to serve God through it. Yeah, we are. Okay, so let's get to know you a little bit. If y'all don't... Y'all, y'all, most of y'all don't know this, but Mr. Brian is a freak of an athlete. Okay. Out of nowhere. So... He's like, what, fifth? 53. 53, and he's wow, okay. wearing it proud. Okay, so <laughs> what are your favorite sports to play and favorite sports memories? All right. Um, well, you guys know I just I enjoy playing sports. I definitely enjoy playing them more than watching them. Mm-hmm. Growing up, my favorite sport was baseball. Um, so when you get older, you can't play baseball anymore, so you have to go to softball. I know that sounds <laughs> kind of wimpy, but it can be pretty competitive. I wish we had a softball here again. Yeah, we used to have a team every summer, and man, it was awesome. Yep, baseball is definitely my favorite. Uh, favorite memory go- growing up actually would be basketball. Um, from about grade seven through my senior year, we had Ooh. seven seniors, seven guys mm. in the same grade that played basketball together. So by the time we got to be seniors, we knew each other inside and out and played really, really well together. That was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, halfway through my senior year as the point guard, I broke my wrist Mm. uh, on a fast break. I wouldn't do that. Was it because you were dunking? Yeah, Yeah, I got undercut. I got undercut and slammed into the stage and broke my wrist. And I was out for the rest of the season. I got undercut by Harley yesterday. Harley's my dog. Me and Gabe, my roommate, we were playing Frisbee. We, We were throwing Frisbee with a dog. Like monkey in the middle, 
And Gabe decided to throw it way over there, so I had to run over, and I jumped in the air, and Harley was coming so fast. No way. Took, her, took my feet no out way. and wiped me out. Harley the defender. Yeah. Personal foul? Personal foul. <laughs> it, oh, no, it, was, it was after I touched it, 15 so, so it was fair. Oh, good. It was good. Okay, good defense it was a good by hit. Harley. Now, but I did bring it down. Brian, what positions did you play in basketball? Well, you already said point, point guard. What about baseball? Shortstop. Shortstop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can played. See that. I was a catcher in Little League, and they oh. moved me to shortstop, and I never wanted to go back to catching. Yeah, shortstop was my spot. What'd you play? Me in baseball? Hmm? Oh man, central field. That's what I called it as a kid. So I always called it central field after that. And I played a, a little bit of pitcher. I remember that. I was a catcher, <laughs> and I had to catch Ryan's first ever pitch. He didn't catch it because it went all the way above. It almost went out of the backstop. <laughs> I mean, wild. this is a high backstop, too. Oh, oh man. That was, that was interesting. I can picture that. Okay. So now we got another question for you. Yeah, we do. Um, we're going to ask you. Now, Pastor Brian, he was a missionary for a little bit before he was a youth pastor. Um, so we're going to ask him, how was your life as a missionary overseas? That's a pretty broad question. So, <laughs> pretty broad. Yeah, we lived in the Philippines for uh, 12 years. I was a missionary pilot there. So we my roommate's Filipino. There you go. See the tie. Wow. Um, loved working there. It wasn't always fun and games. You know, we went through difficult times, just like anybody does, even here in the states. Um, the driving force. People say, you know, hey, do you miss flying? Because I was flying a lot while I was there. We flying and doing maintenance on our planes. That was my main job there flying our Bible translators in and out of the villages that they they worked in Hmm. translating the Bible for different people that didn't have it in their language. So that was the driving force. It wasn't the flying. I mean, the flying was really cool. Some days it was very challenging, but it was the purpose behind that to get God's word Mm -hmm. to these people that never had it and then seeing their lives and sometimes whole villages transformed by the power of the gospel and by the power of God's word. You said transform. Well, what's transforming and, and transformation? And you said you said the gospel is what makes them transform. Absolutely, the gospel is, gospel is very powerful. What what is the gospel? What is this gospel? The gospel. Yes. Well, the gospel starts with God, who is our Creator, created everything that we see. And he has this intense love for us as humans. He wants a relationship with us. But unfortunately, we messed it up. Way back at the beginning, Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and go their own way. And so we are born in that same sin where we're separated from God. Um, Fortunately, Mm -hmm. God made a way for that relationship to be restored because there's humanly, there's nothing we can do to restore that relationship. But God (laughs) sent his son, Jesus, to live here on the earth, to live for 33 years, to be an example and to show us more of what God, who he is, but then also pay the ultimate sacrifice, dying on the cross, shedding his blood for our sins as a payment for our sins. He didn't stay dead. Three days later, he came back to life, which is incredible. Wow. And now he offers this free gift of salvation to anyone who believes on the name of Jesus Christ, believes that he's the Son of God, and decides to follow him. Boo-yah. 
Bang, baby. Now, as a missionary and as a pilot, what what was the most interesting things you would have to go through with other people? Okay. Um, well, the missionaries, obviously, they want to get into their village when it's time for those those missionaries to get to their village. They've got things to do. Mm-hmm. Um or if they've been out there for four or five months and they're ready for a break, they want to get out of there. So I'm in charge of going in there or taking them in there or flying supplies or whatever. Weather could be a very big issue. We flew mostly in the mountains, so in the mountains, weather can change really, really quickly. And so it was probably more pressure that I put on myself to please them and to serve them. but. Sometimes it was really difficult to know, hey, can we make this flight safely? Do we need to postpone? Do we need to cancel? Can we squeak in underneath the clouds, you know, above the mountain ridge there and underneath the clouds? Can we do it safely? Hey, it's raining over there. Can we get around that? How's our fuel? All of that. So it was a stressful job at times. A lot of the airstrips that we went to were really small. They were on the sides of mountains and had slope to them, there's wind, so there was a lot of stuff to consider. Um, yeah, so it was it was stressful, but it was really fulfilling to be able to help them out in that way. So, y'all heard at the beginning that this was our, is our, well, was, was our, our youth, youth pastor. pastor. Still okay, is I the church. Still, am. still yeah, yeah, is yeah. the church's youth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, not my youth pastor anymore. I've so, moved on. Oh, how, that hurts. how was the transition from missions to leading in a youth pastor role? Yeah, that was a crazy time where my training had always been to be a pilot and a mechanic. I mean, that's what I went to college for. I did have a, de- I have a degree in Bible also. I have a double major. But I had never been a youth pastor at all so I won't go into how he led us here to be the youth pastor but I didn't have a clue what I was doing and it didn't humanly make sense here I have all this experience as a pilot as a mechanic as a missionary and now God wants me to be a youth pastor back home and so I really felt him saying hey for years and years, you've relied on your training, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but now I want you to be in a position where you are totally relying on me hmm. and to see me work through you to accomplish things that I've called you to do. And so it was it was terrifying um, to be in a position that I've never had any experience before and be put in that leadership position but I had a lot of great people around me helping me. As you guys know, our sponsor, our adult sponsors here are great people, and I would not want to do this position without them. And so they helped me, but mostly it was just God saying, hey, rely on me and just watch me work. Now, as a youth pastor, you've had some amazing, amazing people come through your, uh, you know, <laughs> Your, your church, you know, children. Um, and you want me to say you two are <clears throat> the, the most amazing? Of course, but <laughs> what, what would you say is one of your most fondest? Or like, what, what is the, the best things that happened as a youth pastor? Best, well, I mean, of course, of course the, best the thing. Sunday school answer. Yeah, the best thing is seeing lives changed and teens that actually get it, 
that understand the importance mm-hmm. of having that relationship with Jesus. You know, that that's what drives you to see people do that. But ultimately, I don't have control over that. They have to make that decision. The Holy Spirit has to work on their in their lives. And so I'm just called to be faithful, to cast that seed, just even faithful to what God's called me to be. But back to your original question. Um, some funny things that happened. This was not something that I enjoyed, but since Levi is sitting to my left, I have to share this. Oh, Levi, yeah. as a younger <laughs> student, had this impeccable ability <laughs> To get sick on almost every <laughs> trip we took. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and he can throw up a lot. with the best of them. It, it hurts. Sometimes. It hurts. Throw up and. It, it is projectile. It, it's like. Yeah. It is. It sounds and, just like that, too. And he has no ability to hit the toilet with his throw up. <laughs> well, the problem is, I'm usually. I wasn't sure if we could say this earlier, <laughs> so I wasn't going to say both ends, but... He's got a, you know, he's, he's doing number three and number two so at the same time. There's multiple occasions where I would walk into a bathroom or a room, and throw up is not just in a trash can or around the toilet. It literally is on the walls. It is the bathroom. <laughs> multiple walls. <laughs> Floor. It's like, what were you doing? It was like you're on a swivel chair, just spinning around, throwing up continually. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's projectile. So yeah, that was not my best memories. Winter but, um, retreat. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, shut up, Levi. That's all I heard that night. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm literally, I'm in, I'm in the bathroom. Vomiting. I am dying. I'm dying. I am dying. I and am not in the room. It's freezing. We're in the mountains. I'm I'm throwing up, pooping, you name it. I'm dying. And it's freezing. So I have to stand up and I turn the shower on hot as it can go so I can even cool down some. And while I'm vomiting. He's he's screaming for my brother, Brian. I'm saying Bryant. Who was supposed to be the adult <laughs> in the room taking care of these guys. Who sleeps through every single thing. And just for the love that the other students had for me, they were yelling, Levi, shut up. You need some help? No, 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 no. They weren't yelling that. They were saying, Levi, shut up. Trying to go Shut up! We were, they were all like, Ryan, he's calling for you. And I was like, mm. I woke up and I heard him say, Brian. I was like, oh, he ain't calling for me. And then I hear, uh. I'm hearing them go, Levi, shut up. We're trying to sleep. But yeah, I'm done. So finally, somebody comes and gets me, and I come into this room, and yeah, that bathroom was that one, awful. Was that the worst one? No. Okay. No, the worst <laughs> one was going to Word of Life Camp, staying in the church in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> we literally. If he was a shot deer, I could track him, not by blood, but by puke droplets from the room that we were staying in all the way down the hallway into the guy's bathroom, and it looked like a puke bomb exploded in there. Literally, I put trash bags on both my arms and taped them at my shoulders and was cleaning up puke. And this is like... 4.30 in the morning because we got to get an early start to get up to Word of Life and oh, be in line. Oh, this is before we... This is before we got there. And the problem is, 
I wanted to be nice. I didn't want to wake up the driver, so I just waited till the morning to tell. Yeah, so it's <laughs> dried and crusty <laughs> and everywhere. Okay, here's Unbelievable. the question. But, but in, incredibly, once Levi's parents became youth sponsors, he never, ever threw up I, I think on I a trip him. again. I'm just skilled. Just so kidding. the moral of the story is, man, I should have had them as youth youth sponsors from the beginning. From the beginning, <laughs> sixth grade, Levi be- enters the youth group. Tom and Carrie, you have to be youth sponsors. But I didn't know that. So, quick question: A lot of people gladly are wanting to be youth pastors, and Ryan's wanting to be youth pastor. What advice would you give to people wanting to be youth pastors? And how does your week look? Like we know, pastors spend a lot of their week visiting people and um, writing out their sermon. What does your week look like? Yeah, so here at Faith, I'm not just the youth pastor. I have, uh, I'm in charge of the missions program, and I have a title executive pastor. I'm not really quite sure what that means still, (laughs) but it just means I wear a lot of hats and I have a lot of responsibilities. So I would say maybe during a week, 40, maybe 50% of my time is youth related. Um, a couple things that are really important as a youth pastor, you got to love the kids in the good and bad. Well, you have to? You have to. It's a requirement. <laughs> if you don't love the kids, forget it. Do not sign up. You've got to love the Lord, and you've got to keep Him first in your life because if you are drained, if you're not being filled by Him and the Holy Spirit and His Word, there is no way you're going to be able to pour into the kids, and they can see through that. You know, mm-hmm. youth, they're pretty smart and they're they're tuned in. Even if they don't look like they're paying attention, they are. And if they can sense that you really don't care about them, you can forget even anything that you're going to say to them because it's not gonna it's not gonna reach them. Um, those are two very important things. Usually, a week looks really different. You know, I could be working all day and then go to a basketball game at night or. A, uh, a football game, you know, encouraging our kids and just for them to see you at a game uh, means a lot. Mm-hmm. And so spending time with them, taking students hunting yeah, is another one. Um, just just spending time with them, not and, and just living life with them is, is a really cool way to minister to them. And then having those gospel conversations when they come up in those uh Conditions and in that atmosphere outside of a church setting is a really cool thing. Of course, you have your responsibilities throughout the week, teaching, and that's another thing where, man, there's weeks where I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you going to have? What do you want me to speak next week? And sometimes I can get worried and nervous about that, but He always shows me in His timing uh, of, hey, I want you to be talking about this. I'm not one to plan out six months in advance. I kind of envy those kind of people, but God in his timing always brings that together. And I think another thing that's very important to remember and took me a while to remember this is kids learn, students learn in a variety of ways. And a lot of times it's not in a lecture setting. It's not just them sitting there listening to a lecture for 45 minutes. You got to get them involved. You got to hear from them. You got to ask questions to get them involved in it and getting them thinking for themselves. Because part of my job is to train them 
uh, and disciple them so that when they're out of youth group, they can continue their relationship with the Lord on their own and keep growing where they're not depending on the church or the youth pastor or the youth sponsors to be spoon feeding them everything. We've got to be equipping them. Last thing is remember that you're you're called to be faithful to what God's called you to do, but you are not ultimately responsible for the outcome. Students have that choice, um, and some get it, and some choose to follow Christ, and you see them growing in their faith, and that's awesome. Other students don't, and that can be really discouraging. And uh, you can question, you know, Lord, am I really cut out for this? Am, am I supposed to be doing this? And yet time and time again, God's reminded me, I want you to be faithful to what you, you, I've called you to do and leave the results up to me. That's so, so important. And I continue to have to remind myself that. Awesome. Well, one more thing I want to say is thank you, Pastor Brian. Absolutely. Thank you, sir, everything hey, you've done, too, throughout our lives and throughout the other people's lives here. Amen. Because... Believe it or not, youth pastors, I didn't know this until I went to Word of Life. Youth pastors don't stick around for, like some, like sometimes, don't stick around for a long time at some places. How long have you been here? 13 years. 13 years. What a man. I, that's a Clean. lot of years of my life. <laughs> no, no shots fired to you. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. you know. but thank you guys for listening. Yep. We love hey, y'all. We're going to go whoop up Brian and some volleyball. Volleyball. <laughs> Adios. Bye. Bye.